I think if we get confession right, everything else kind of clicks into place. Um, Jesus himself said that in his first words in public ministry, repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus thought it was important to start with repentance. So I think it's important to start with repentance. Um, But if you let him in to those vulnerable areas of your life, those areas of weakness, um, then he can actually be our savior. But if we don't give him permission to go into those vulnerable places, then he can't really be our savior. And I heard recently that confession is kind of like the individual's encounter with the good news, or the good news being basically tailor-made for that individual. And unless we've experienced the saving power of Jesus, it's hard to proclaim that good news ourselves. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're struggling with despair, anxiety, frustration, maybe just lack of passion or energy, today I have got a special treat for you. Uh, Father Joel is a priest that we met. Someone suggested we invite him onto the podcast, and I'll be straight with you. The time I've gotten to know him and listen to his podcast has been hugely beneficial for me. You know, he says things simply that just challenge you. He'll say things like, you know, you need to be fathered until the day you die. Talks about this diabolical self-reliance that each of us have, this desire to be in control. You're going to get a ton of that today on this episode of The Foxhole. And my prayer for you, is that you pay close attention, you write down lots of stuff, because he talked only in practical terms. He didn't stay 30,000 feet up. He got in our space and gave us clear direction on how to deal with the craziness, chaos of the world we're in. My friends, you are going to be blessed by this conversation with Father Joel. My name is Joe Ferris, and I want to personally welcome you to the foxhole. Father Joel, welcome to the Foxhole. Thanks so much, Joe. It's good to be here. It's a, it's a great honor to have you on here today for a lot of reasons. One, because I've kind of become a junkie on your podcast. Uh, your homilies are inspiring me and encouraging me. But before we jump deeply into that, tell us, Father Joel, just a little bit about who you are, where you're from. There's an intro that they've heard, but I'm sure there's sure. more to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I am a native of Atchison, Kansas, home of Benedictine College. I saw that you had President Steve Minnis on here before and um, born and raised there and the youngest of five kids, blessed with a really beautiful and stable home life. Um, I went to the University of Kansas uh, with the thought of becoming a doctor. And it was actually at the University of Kansas that I kind of went from a more nominal faith to a very um, living faith, especially through the the Catholic Campus Center there, um, St. Lawrence Center, which I think uh, Deacon Drew, or not Deacon, Father Drew Hoffman also mentioned when he was on your podcast as well. So that was a game changer for me. He kind of came in already with faith. I didn't really come in with faith, Um, but through the ministry there of the St. Lawrence Center, I really discovered my faith. 
And one sister in particular, there are three apostles of the Interior Life sisters there that do full-time spiritual direction uh, through the guidance of one of them, really learned what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord, to pray on a daily basis, to have a sacramental life, life of virtue. And within, within about a year, I was pretty convicted that I was supposed to become a priest. And I graduated in 2012, began formation to become a priest, and was just ordained two years ago, just celebrated my anniversary, and I feel like I've aged about 10 years since then. Uh, well, before I jump into the priesthood with you, I'm not going to jump into the priesthood, but before we talk <laughs> about the priesthood and, and how you kind of heard that call, uh, University of Kansas, are you a big Jayhawks fan? Not as much as Father Drew Hoffman, yeah, but Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a good thing. And I'm also impressed that you've quoted parts of the podcast. So clearly you've been paying attention. That's good to hear. So tell me, uh, I'd love just for a little more, describe that call to the priest. I think a lot of people hear a priest say that and wonder what's God's called me to, or how do I answer or hear the voice of God? I'd love to just hit that for a second before we go into your podcast. Absolutely. Um, So for me, going into college, I was going to pursue medicine because it just seemed like a logical choice. It, I didn't seem to have anything that really was a passion for me that I could just see my see my I could see myself being poured out for. Um, but once I started getting into my faith and seeing just the difference that it made in my life, oh my gosh, I am I'm happier than I've ever been, and I just have so much more meaning and purpose. And it became really my mission to be able to help other people to experience that same sense of happiness and fulfillment that I found in my own relationship with the Lord. So accompaniment of other people, meeting them where they are, as one of the sisters did with me, and just walking with them, taking the next step with them, and teaching them how to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. It really was a passion um, that I had never experienced before. And in one moment in prayer, it was actually October 17th of 2010, I just had this great moment of clarity um, and really peace and joy with the idea of giving my life totally to the Lord in this way. Um, I thought for sure it would be essential for me to have a wife and children, and that's what I had been pursuing. Um, But then, again, it was a moment of clarity realizing, wow, Lord, no, my heart can be totally fulfilled in you alone which is not to say there isn't that desire for a wife and a children, but I was willing to make that sacrifice because I could see that the Lord um, was leading me to a more exclusive love of himself in the priesthood. So Mm -hmm. Father Joel, I've already said it. I'll probably say it 10 more times while we're talking. I love the Father's joy. I, I, I've listened to all your homilies. My son and I last night were listening to it in the car, and I was just man, this guy speaks truth, strong, with confidence. And I think sometimes as a layperson, if you are confident in the message you're delivering to us, it doesn't matter. Like You can, you can hide behind high-end theology and, and kind of wow us with that, but we want to hear it. And there are three places that you live in, at least so far, in my time with you, uh, sacrament of reconciliation, healing, and this deep, deep trust in Jesus. So far, like I feel like that's the theme of your preaching, but break that open a little bit within the Father's joy and even within your preaching. Like, give us the best of and the, the lessons you were like, man, I'm glad I preached that. That was on. 
<laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, as a priest that's getting up in front of people every single day and giving a message, um, I've thought a lot about what do I kind of want my meta message to be? What are the things that after I've been in a place for a year, a few years, what are the things that they're going to remember most? And they're going to be the things that I repeat most. And so I kind of very intentionally chose um, confession first and foremost, um, because um, I think if we get confession right, everything else kind of clicks into place. Um, Jesus himself said that in his first words in public ministry, repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus thought it was important to start with repentance. So I think it's important to start with repentance. Um, but if you let him in to those vulnerable areas of your life, those areas of weakness, um, then he can actually be our savior. But if we don't give him permission to go into those vulnerable places, then he can't really be our savior. And I heard recently that confession is kind of like the um, the individual's encounter with the good news or the good news being basically tailor-made for that individual. And unless we've experienced the saving power of Jesus, it's hard to <laughs> proclaim that good news ourselves. Um, so confession, I think, is the first and the most important. And I think it, it just leads us to a certain amount of accountability um, and intentionality in living. And we know that um, it also gives us grace to grow in the areas of weakness. It doesn't just take away our sins. Um, so that is, that is hands down the most important thing. And so I tell my people, um, basically, you're shooting for a monthly confession. And if there's an area of habitual sin in your life, you're probably looking at more like every week, every two weeks. Um, but I think monthly is a really, really good benchmark to shoot for. And I've it's been beautiful to hear parishioners come back after taking my challenge to go monthly. And they're like, oh, my gosh, my life has just not been the same. My relationship with the Lord has not been the same. I'm growing so much. And it's it's apparent and it's beautiful to see that. Um, Number two of, I would say, Father Joel's greatest hits is um, the emphasis on actually gratitude. Um, I say if you have monthly confession, daily gratitude and surrender, a lot of other things are going to click into place. Um, you know, most of us are probably familiar with the idea of an examination of conscience, which easily becomes kind of a list of self-condemnation of all the things that we've done wrong which is not to say that it's, that doesn't have a place. Obviously, we need to recognize our sins, which is why we go to confession. But our sins don't hold a candle to the amount of blessings that we're receiving in a given day. And so I'm a big proponent of the daily gratitude journal, um, just writing down every day a few very practical, concrete things that we've experienced in the last 24 hours and just giving thanks to Jesus for that, which I think also helps us to live a more reflective life. Um, but when we see how faithful the Lord is in providing for us, we look back and we can say, wow, the Lord is so trustworthy. He has never failed to provide for me. It becomes an impetus to the next step, which is that surrender. And it becomes way easier to surrender ourselves in the present moment and in, in the future when we know the Lord has never failed us in the past. So I think gratitude is kind of the hinge point um, that a lot of the spiritual life is built upon, which, you know. The Eucharist itself means Thanksgiving. So everything culminates in Thanksgiving in the Mass and in the Eucharist. 
So I, I'm going to push back a little bit, not because I don't, I love what you're saying. And, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> but I, I remember reading that the Pope goes to confession like once a month. And at first I thought that's beautiful. And then I thought, what is the Pope doing that he needs to go to confession <laughs> once a month? And I think it's what you're saying. It's just a habit of goodness. It's staying in the space uh, where you're mm-hmm. in sanctifying grace. But to the man who's listening right now, Father Joel, who's just like, I've heard this, I've been told this, like, what, what, what is in your heart, like, what is the pushback for the average guy entering into that space? And then the gratitude piece, I think we've all seen the world take it and make it into you know, cute journals and stuff. <laughs> but there's got to be maybe a, I don't want to say a masculine way to do gratitude, but talk to us a little bit about how if I come in for, you know, almost 50 year old man and say, confession. I've already done it. I don't, I'm not doing a pretty journal. Talk me through how to do that in a, in a way that'll be, that kind of land with me and stay with me. <laughs> oh, that's honest. It's good. So yeah, when it comes to confession, there's, there's resistance to confession because we as men, generally speaking, don't like to be vulnerable. We don't like to show our weakness. Um, and I've had just an amazing priest mentor who himself has gone through AA and has just really gone through the gambit. And he has been so good for me. And one of the refrains, I think of AA, but certainly the refrain that he uses is, we are as sick as our secrets. We are as sick as our secrets. And if there are certain things we're keeping in the darkness, then Jesus is, I mean, he, he's, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way in. He waits for us to present that freely. And the more open and transparent we are, which is, again, kind of counter to our nature when we want to be self-reliant, the more uh, that the gospel can penetrate deeply into, into our hearts and really transform our lives. Um, so that would, that would be my main thing. We're as sick as our secrets. If if nothing else, I think that should help us to realize. Okay, um, yeah, I need to make more regular make more regular use of the sacrament. Um, in terms of yeah, the gratitude journal, it does kind of seem frilly. Um, it seems like um, yeah, just this nice uh, superficial exercise that's now being promoted by our culture. Um, but you know, I I don't think we should throw away things that are promoted by by our culture because sometimes I think they're on to something. It's not the fullness of the truth. Um, you know, you have the this movement of mindfulness too, which is really in the Christian tradition a move towards silence and meditation and reflecting um, on on the Lord and on his word. So yeah, I I would say don't knock it until you try it. <laughs> uh, it's just there's just something about putting pen to paper and being intentional that is really transformative. And, um, yeah, I don't, I, I can see the resistance there, but I think we should just at least give it a shot before, um, before we dismiss it altogether as, oh, that's kind of an effeminate way of relating to the Lord. No, I actually think it's interesting that I used to push back hard on it because I'm a son of a lawyer and you know, they said, never write anything down and go back to haunt you one day. Uh, but nowadays I see it and more when I read saints lives, I'm like, what do I want them to read that I leave behind? Mm-hmm. And what a powerful wake behind that boat. So you, the last thing you mentioned in that was surrender. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that your podcast, the father's joy took me to was this litany of surrender. 
that I had never, I mean, excuse me, Novena. Thank you. There you go, father. See, that's why you're the, you're the boss and I'm not, but I, uh, the the Novena of surrender. And it was a huge deal for me. Uh, the last several weeks as I've been kind of prayed into it, the words are beautiful. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about where that comes from and why you prescribe it so often. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big proponent of it. I just got an email from someone recently and they called it my calling card because I just carry hundreds of copies wherever I go. If I'm filling in another parish, I just leave a stack there um, because I've experienced the fruit of it myself. And so I want to share that with others. Um, I was on my spiritual exercises, um, a five-day retreat, which you do in preparation for the priesthood. And or actually, this might have been before the diaconate. And on the retreat, it became very clear that my predominant obstacle to receiving God's love and really um, advancing deeply in relationship with him was my uh, radical self-reliance, or as my brother priest says, diabolical self-reliance. And in our culture, self-reliance is actually a virtue. Um, You basically don't need anyone else. You can just take care of yourself. Um, But in the spiritual life, it's really toxic. And it really closes closes the door to relationship with the Lord and ultimately leads to our self-destruction. And we've seen that plenty of times in uh, priestly vocations and in marriages. Um, Basically, I'm not going to reach out for help. I can take care of myself. I can fix this. Um, and it just, it's, it's a huge problem in the spiritual life. So as I came out of that retreat, I was like, okay, self-reliance, that's, that's my big issue. Now, now what do I do? I guess surrender is the, the response to that, but it was the first formation conference or formation meeting that we had with our rector who heads up the seminary coming out of that retreat, coming back, um, from the Holy land where we were doing the retreat. And he hands out to all of us a copy of the Novena of Surrender. And I'm like, oh, well, here's a very concrete way to live surrender, which is completely the remedy to my predominant fault, which is self-reliance. And so this prayer is actually basically words that were revealed to a priest, um, Father Dolindo Rotolo, about a hundred years ago. And this, these words to this priest were broken up into a nine-day format. It's kind of arbitrary. I mean, it could have been any number of days, um, but we do have a tradition of novenas in our church. So it's not so much the nine-day format. It's just the fact that there are these little paragraphs of Jesus's words spoken directly to us in the IU um, kind of dialogue. And we, we hear these words, which are basically saying, why don't you trust me? Act, act as though you trust me and I will take care of you if only you give these things over to me. And at the end, you say 10 times, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And so for a year and a half, I did the novena on repeat. I would finish day nine and then I would start back with day one. Um, I did that for a year and a half and it was so liberating for me because before I had even done you know, what was coming up in the day, I had already surrendered it. And so I continue that practice at least 10 times in the morning in my morning routine, prayer routine. I say 10 times, Jesus, I surrender this podcast to you. You take care of it or whatever else I have coming up in the day. I surrender in advance. And then the beauty is I can just show up and just do my best. And I know the Lord's going to take care of the rest. So uh, self-reliance control. I mean, these are 
These are, I think, the as you said, diabolical. And I know for me personally, that's why that prayer has been breaking me open, wide open. It's, man, I seek to control everything in advance. And, I, and it almost looks like I'm not, but I'm, I have various sneaky ways I do it. So for men, uh, and anyone listening to the podcast right now, uh, you know, we've been in a time where self-reliance and control have been removed with pandemics and violence and just uncertainty. And we're in a time where people don't know what the next step is. What would you say to that crowd um, listening right now who says, man, I'm struggling with self-reliance. I'm struggling with control. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we need to be praying the novena. But take us a little further into how you separated that for yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. The beautiful thing about the pandemic is that it just revealed what was already there. You know, we had a self-reliance and control problem, but it was until until that foundation was shaken with the pandemic, we didn't realize how bad the problem was. And so, yeah, I think the concrete step of surrendering these things that are causing us anxiety every day, um, just very intentionally handing them over to the Lord is a huge step. And in conjunction with that, the most important thing that I've experienced, because I've experienced a lot of change and life being kind of flipped upside down, Um, The most important thing for me, regardless of my circumstances, has been the time that I set aside for the Lord in silent prayer, especially first thing in the morning. Um, We cannot we cannot build our life on anything but that solid foundation of our relationship with the Lord. And, you know, I'm sure the rosary is promoted often on this podcast, and I'm a huge proponent of it as well. I say, yes, absolutely. We need the rosary. And I would also say in conjunction with that, we need to have silence. We need to have time with the word. We need to have time with the the words of the gospel, the readings the church provides us with. Um, The gratitude journal is another way to embrace what can be an uncomfortable silence. Uh, But the more that we just have stability in our prayer life, come hell or high water, we are doing the 15 to 30 minutes of silence every day. Um, I think we'll recognize, wow, even though there's a lot of instability around me, there's a certain stability that is within me as I am rooted um, in the Lord and in his love for me. Um, So I think for me, the number one is having the time set aside for prayer every day. And it's just not a negotiable. I have to have silence every day, especially as our world becomes more noisy. All right. So if you're listening right now and you're thinking, I don't need this. Uh, my life is perfect. Here, here's <laughs> here's the, the things you might want to think about is if you're stressed out, if you're, you know, if chaos is range your day, if you're the, trying to control every moment, maybe if you start with the silence, move to monthly confessions, work in the gratitude, figure out how to get the novena of surrender into your life. And basically, Father Joel has given you uh, a pretty impressive outline for how to live a pretty full life. So I, the, the piece that we didn't speak about yet, and I, I know it's part of your ministry, is this idea of accompaniment. Mm-hmm. You know, Pope Francis is screaming it. Father Capon lived into it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Capon's Men movement really works hard in accompaniment. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you see accompaniment and then how you kind of encourage folks that you work with to um, institute it in their day-to-day life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as... Well, just in Christian Christians in general, um, sons and daughters, and as sons, we just cannot fight this war that we're in by ourselves. 
It was not meant to be an individual sport. We have to be united with um, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to be arm in arm facing the the difficulties that are coming our way. And so um, especially those that have gone into vocational crisis, whether in marriage or in priesthood or religious life, um, very often the first two things to go are our prayer life. We convince ourselves that our work is our prayer and so we don't need prayer. And the other is healthy friendship with people of the same gender. Um, and for priests, having brother priests that we are close with. Um, and I also say that we need to be fathered until the day that we die. We need to have someone that is accompanying us if we are going to be in a position to accompany others. And for me, I found this this priest, like I said, that has gone through the ringer and he's my spiritual director. I meet with him on a monthly basis, um, a place where I can be just totally honest and transparent. He's going to receive me. And he's also just going to be able to speak truth into my life. Um, but he's so good also about um, words of encouragement. He, We conclude all of our meetings, whether intentionally or not. He always says, Joel, you're a good man. And he just looks at me and I'm like, Wow, you know, it's just a very simple thing, um, but I I know I need that guidance because I know I can fool myself, and so uh, to receive that accompaniment first ourselves, so we can be in a position to do that for other people, um, I think is absolutely essential. So, Father Joel, I, I mentioned your podcast a whole bunch of times already. It's mm-hmm. so solid. The Father's Joy, look it up on Apple. Share it with your friends. It's not long, 10, 15 minutes. It's his homily. If it goes super long, you know that his homily went too long, and that'll take care of him. Uh, but I do, <laughs> I, I would love for you to tell a little bit about how folks can find it in an easy way. Uh, sure. And maybe a little bit of how you see it being used uh, to glorify yeah. the Lord. Absolutely. So, the podcast is relatively new. I mean, I've only been a priest for two years, a deacon for three, so I've only been preaching for three years. Um, but I, I made this podcast, I mean, low production quality, really just for the sake of my my friends and my parishioners um, that occasionally come up and ask me, Father, do you have that recorded somewhere? Do you have that written down? And so I just wanted to have some place where they could find it, have access to it and listen to it over again. And so, um, yeah, it's I just changed the name of it and um, everything in the last couple of months to the father's joy um, we hear Jesus talk about um, so that my joy might so that your my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete anytime you hear the expression my joy when Jesus is saying he's referring to the Holy Spirit and so it's certainly my joy as a spiritual father but the father's joy like the God the father's joy is the Holy Spirit so I the Holy Spirit is a key impetus for me. So anyway, you can just uh, Google the Father's Joy podcast. Um, the Apple um, podcast uh, link will be the first hit, um, but you can also find it on Spotify and a lot of the other um, podcast services have picked it up as well. Um, so I don't have a huge listenership. Like I said, it's mostly my friends and a few of my parishioners. Um, but yeah, I'd be happy to share that with anyone that's interested. Well, I'm going to give all of our listeners a little assignment. Find the Father's joy and listen to Father's Pentecost homily. It <laughs> is intense. It is fire. <laughs> and Father, there's something you said at the back end of that homily, and I, I'm throwing you a curve right now. Sure. Uh, so I'm okay if, I, if I've if i overstepped my bounds. 
but you prayed with your congregation through a series of ways to, I feel like, invite the Holy Spirit and to, to push back some places where God might not be working to his fullness. Can you just give us a couple minutes of that? And I, I, I'm throwing, I didn't tell you this was coming, so yeah. I'm, I understand that I'm throwing you a curve. Yeah. But if possible, I'd love to, to hear you break open that last part and maybe even with our listeners right now, give them a chance to enter in with that. Yeah, okay, I would love to do that. Um, I often conclude my homilies with a prayer directly to God the Father or to Jesus. Um, but I know we're also, we are in dark times and I as a spiritual father have a special role to bless and protect my people. And so I've taken that more seriously. So um, yeah, we'll just kind of wrap it up and I'll just sh pray as I would with, with my people and with my parishioners. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you and I praise you so much. You've been so abundantly good to us. I ask you, Jesus, to wrap us right now in the love of your sacred heart. And in your name, Jesus, I ask you to deliver all of those that are listening to this podcast of any spirits of anxiety, depression, despair, any spirit of addiction, affliction, anything that holds them back from being more deeply in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, I command that these spirits leave. And in Jesus' name, I invite in a spirit of peace, a spirit of joy, a spirit of thanksgiving, surrender, a spirit of levity. Receive now a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Receive new fire. Receive new joy. Receive a spirit of boldness to confront the darkness all around. Jesus, we entrust ourselves to you. We entrust ourselves into the hands of our mother Mary. And we ask all of this in your most holy name. Amen. Father, as we're closing out, I want to give you a chance to drop any more knowledge. Sometimes something comes up in people when they pray with us or talk to us, these holy conversations are like, Hey, I wish I'd said blank. So I'm giving you 90 seconds. I know you're, you guys are priests and that we, you usually becomes a couple minutes, you know, but go with us. Tell us a little bit, anything that, that jumps out that you'd want to say to anyone listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've mentioned that we're living in times of darkness in general. Um, it's easy to succumb to that spirit of discouragement. Um, but I just want, all of us to remember that God is totally, totally in control. And as there are more, as there is more opposition, opposition, there is that much more grace being poured out more <laughs> radically available to those that will open their hands and their heart to receive it. And so it's beautiful for me. And I derive inspiration from this, from the Acts of the Apostles after um, Peter and John are released from prison. They go back and they huddle together and they don't pray to be delivered from persecution. They pray for greater boldness <laughs> to proclaim even more the gospel of Jesus Christ, even if that means persecution. So um, I just want to repeat John Paul II's refrain and Jesus' refrain, do not be afraid because he is with us. He is accompanying us and he is pouring out that spirit of boldness to confront the challenges that are in front of us. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Father Joel, for your willingness to be so forthright with us today. Like you said, it's only through openness that we can receive God's love and the love of our fellow brothers and sisters. 
I'm also grateful that you left us plenty of options for challenges this week. And while I could go back and repeat last week's challenge surrounding gratitude, since I'm pretty sure most of us probably still need to work on it, I'm going to have to pivot and challenge everyone to take up the surrender novena. Now, this novena won't solve all your problems, but it will invite God into them. Take a look in the show notes for the link, and be sure to pray, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Thanks for joining us today in the foxhole, and until next time, stay humble and stay courageous. We can surely expect that in our own lives there will come a time when we must make a choice between being loyal to the true faith or of giving allegiance to something else which is either opposed to or not in alliance with our faith. O God, we ask of Thee to give us the courage to be ever faithful to Thee. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you. Amen.